Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's Remnant Radio with Pastor Todd. This is the Daily Rundown, and uh, I hope that you are enjoying some of our broadcasts recently as we're trying to break down, trying to make sense of the madness in our world. (laughs) And we're looking at it through a biblical lens, a biblical worldview. And I want to talk about a subject today that I've seen. Well, actually, we're going to talk about a couple of subjects, but hopefully you're having a good day. It is 7-22-2020. And many, many things going on in our world, just like they have been for the last many months. It seems like the world is on fire. And uh, clearly, we need to be praying every day for wisdom, discernment, praying for our nation, praying for our president, praying for uh, a lot of things, our families, and for all these things uh, that we would walk in the presence of God, that we'd walk in the glory of God, that we'd walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and that we'd be about the business of the Lord. Because that's my number one desire. Is that yours? That certainly is mine as a believer in Christ. Uh, But I want to talk about the mask concern, and I wrote a post about it today. And basically, let me break this down. A lot of people are fighting on social media about the wearing of masks. I see this in the body of Christ. Christians are fighting each other. Um, That seems to be more common these days, unfortunately. There there seems to be more division in, in the body of Christ, and I'm praying that that ceases or that we can come together again and unify as a body of Christ. We don't need to unify with other religions. Uh, We don't need to unify with the world. We don't need to prove ourselves to be relevant to the world because Jesus is very relevant, especially now. He's always been relevant. Um, He will never lose his relevancy, just like the blood of Jesus will never lose its power. Um, But regardless, there's a lot of, I guess you would call it division in the body of Christ. And it's very upsetting. So this mask debate, it's really caused a lot. I'm going to read a little bit of the post to you. So wearing a mask in and of itself isn't the worst thing in the world. That being said, there's been a lot of conflicting information that's come out on the topic. And this is from the start. Let's just be honest. And this is a fact. No one can deny this, okay? Dr. Anthony Fossey has given two very different commentaries on masks. In one of the conversations, he said it's more symbolic. And I want to talk about this then, uh, you know, just a symbolic thing that you're wearing a mask. It's really a symbolic thing. What does that even mean? That's my question. It's easy to see why many people are confused here. Uh, the same type of thing happened, uh, by the way, from information coming from the CDC and the, and the WHO or the WHO. So I've seen the debate go back and forth on social media, as I just mentioned. And if you don't mind, I'm going to list a few reasons, just a few reasons why I find this troubling, disturbing, concerning, and my, my discernment spidey senses, if you will, (laughs) they're going off because um, something is very concerning here from a discernment standpoint. I believe it's God that's, that's sounding the alarm for us. So originally we're told, remember, that the quarantine is only the last few weeks. And then remember, remember that original, that original lockdown? I mean, it was like unprecedented. We've never seen anything like in our lifetime for sure. And, uh, you know, I remember the rumors that were going around. People were texting me like crazy, writing me all these different things. They were talking about martial law. They were talking about just all these different things that could be possible scenarios. And thank God President Trump was in the White House, because if he wasn't in the White House, we certainly could have had uh, a much more strict and stringent policy uh, like a martial law. So thank God he was in the White House. He is in the White House. And I believe, uh, you know, given the circumstances, what he was being told by the doctors, what he was being told by the quote unquote experts, um, you know, he was trying to lead us through this in the best way that he can. Now, obviously, hindsight's always twenty twenty, uh, but there's still many people that are defending the lockdowns even today. And they're saying they were the right thing to do. It was going to, you know, uh, affect the curb, right? Remember, it was going to slow the spread and, uh, and all those different things. So, 
anyways, we, we go into that. It's originally supposed to be, you know, initial couple of days. I think it was two weeks or something like that. And then they extended it. They extended it. Uh, and, and remember, it went through Easter because we had thought Resurrection Day could be when uh, we would see freedom. We would get back out of the house. And what a glorious thing that would have been. But it ended up going past Easter. So everybody had their Easter services online this year. And it ended up being a pretty long time. And then finally, the president said, look, we're opening up the economy. We're opening up the country. And they laid out this plan to reopen. And many people still wanted it shut, by the way. But he pushed back and said, no, we need to open the economy. We need to open the, the country. And thank God he did that. I think that was the right thing to do. And I still look at everything, that, you know, the decisions that the president made. And I'm not here to, you know, be an apologist for him. But I have to say, I mean, if I were in his position, I probably would have made very similar decisions because he was being told by these experts, you know, that, uh, that we were in this big pandemic and that the only option was to shut down. And, and by the way, it was always a um, voluntary shutdown from the government, from the federal government. It was not a complete lockdown situation. In fact, there were some states that did not lock down. And that's because there was no federal mandate. It was a suggestion. And it really was the governors. And I don't want to get into that whole debate today, but it really was the governors who determined how strict they were going to be and how stringent the, the, uh, you know, the ordinances that were temporary ordinances that they put in a effect in these communities. And so when you look at places like California, it was much more draconian than if you were in, let's say, Idaho. So there was different um, scenarios in each state. But, you know, we were told that, you know, the quarantine, if we just quarantined for a few weeks, that was going to let the virus level off. And then, you know, things were going to get some back to normal, right? They were going to somewhat get back to normal. Well, it's 722 now. This was, <laughs> this was back in like, what, March, April? It's 722 now. And we're still going through uh, some places like California and others that are still experiencing a pretty, uh, you know, dr dramatic, draconian style, tyrannical even lockdown where the, the governor of the state is saying, you know, you can't have worship services. And I'm watching my friends, they're, they're getting very creative. They're having outdoor services. They're doing some amazing things. One of my friends, uh, you know, got a baseball field where he's going to be holding services. I believe the Lord's going to use that. Um, you know, there's all types of things. I'm watching Jack Hibbs. They're having outdoor services or the, at least the outdoor option. Uh, a lot of churches this time, they just didn't even listen to the governor. They just went ahead and still had service because they're like, we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop. So, you know, they're, 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 they're practicing social distancing. Uh, they're, they're trying to be clean and, and probably people are wearing masks, at least in most cases. But uh, in a lot of these places, they're just saying, look, we're not going to shut again. You know, and I commend them because the churches should not be shutting down. They should have never shut down. Church has been essential. Cheon said this, Pastor Che of Harvest Rock in Pasadena, and I tend to agree 100%. He said the church has been essential for 2,000 years, over 2,000 years, and we're still essential. And we don't need the president, although we're thankful that the president said that the church is essential, but we didn't need the president to say that. But by the way, the president did make that uh, proclamation. And because he did that, that's another reason why a governor really can't shut down the churches because the president already deemed them essential. So the church is as essential as, you know, Ralph's or Kroger's or Publix, or wherever it is that you shop, you know, uh, Whole Foods, it's just as essential. And so, it, you know, you'd have to shut down every essential worker in, in order to shut down the church legally from a government standpoint here in the United States after the president made the declaration that churches are essential. So technically, Governor Newsom really doesn't have the authority to do that at this point, but, you know, there's definitely legal battles that are being fought right now, especially over the worship ordinance. They're saying you can't worship. And so different things. I know there's uh, uh, patriot lawyers and, and people that stand for Christian liberties and freedoms that are out there that are suing 
Um, they, they plan to win these battles from a constitutional standpoint. It's pretty easy. All you got to do is look at the First Amendment. Uh, we have the right to gather peacefully and assemble. It's also in the Word of God, and I believe those two actually were written in, in you know, because of the Word of God, the, the First Amendment was written, written from the Founding Fathers. I really believe that because they were uh, people that uh, observed the, the Christian uh, belief system, the Judeo-Christian belief system. So it makes total sense to me, and uh, I think that they should pursue those legal battles. We have to push back, ladies and gentlemen, and pastors should not be closing down the church. If your church is shut down and they're not even having online services, man, get out of that church. Get out of that church. That pastor should not be at the pulpit. I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound so strict, but let's be honest. If you're a pastor who's on fire for the Lord, you can't be quiet about what God is doing in your life, in our country, what he wants to do. You're talking about the Holy Spirit, living God, and you're getting up and, and being about the business of God. And, and you can't just shut up and sit down and not say anything. What kind of pastor are you then? You're not a shepherd. You're not a leader. And so that's, that's key because if you're, if you're noticing that somebody's doing that where they're just completely conformed, then they're not observing what the Bible says. Because the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of the brethren. And the Bible is pretty clear. Worship in spirit and truth. You know, go and make disciples of the nations. Lay hands on the sick. We talked about this yesterday. So there's really no reason why people should be doing it. All right. So there was eight mask studies in the last 10 years, at least. But these are very, very uh, extensive medical documented studies. And they all came out with the same, uh, you know, resolution, the same solutions here, which they basically said, look, these masks, we can't guarantee any of them, even the KN95 or the N95 respirator mask, we cannot guarantee you that these masks are going to protect you from a microscopic virus. It's just not going to happen. And so every single one, they said that one is probably your best chance. Uh, of course, the three-ply and some of the other ones, not, not so much, but even with that one, we can't guarantee it. So they, they you know, put that, published it in these reports. Every one of them was unanimous. And yet for some reason, people are out there saying, you know, everybody's got to wear a mask. For what reason? We already established in the medical, you know, eight different studies over the course of the last 10 years that have said that they don't work. So what, what is the, is it a psychological thing? Well, Fossey says it's more symbolic. Symbolic like what? What do you mean symbolic? So is it a, you know, some symbol of us giving in to the government? I don't get it. What is it a symbol that we're, you know, who, who's going to give in and who's not? I don't really know. So that's a very weird thing to me. It's very, very weird. And so, uh, you know, all this being said, if it's just about wearing a mask, would probably be okay with it. But to me, my big concern is that the next step is going to be a multifaceted campaign. Let's look at what people, uh, you know, let's look at what's happening in Ventura. So in Ventura, California, uh, there's this apartment complex, okay? And the, the people in this apartment complex, according to reports, now, you know, I've looked into this. We've called some people to try to get them on the record. They, they don't want to talk to us. But it seems like, according to documents that we've obtained, that people in Ventura, California are being told they need to get a test and, uh, and they need to quarantine basically in their apartment until they get this test, unless they're an essential worker. And uh, there might be some ways where they can get around staying in there. Of course, I'd be doing that if I lived there. I'd, I'd just leave, honestly. I would, I would just leave and I'd see what they try to do. But they might try to arrest you. In, in the police state of California, they might try to do that if you try to leave the premises. I don't know what type of police presence or guards they have there. I don't really know. But I'm hoping to speak with somebody from this apartment complex. But I will tell you, we saw the same thing happen in Australia. In Australia, there were people that were literally being, you know, they have a similar constitution. It's not the same as the United States, but 
they're a pretty free country. And, uh, you know, Australia has really looked to the United States uh, over the years. And, you know, their former uh, British colony, you know, they're, they're similar to, you know, our Western kind of beliefs and system. They have a lot of Christians there. And, uh, you know, the government there, what they do? They, I mean, they told the people, you got to stay in this, in this house. You're, you're literally quarantined into the house. Well, I don't even know how these people are getting food. There must be a system set up where they can get the food. I don't know, maybe that's delivered to them. Um, you know, some, maybe one person from the family can leave. I have to find more information. I don't want to give you uh, bad information. But I will tell you it's concerning when I'm hearing that people are being, you know, quarantined in their house. I did hear of a couple in Ohio, I think. It was, no, I'm sorry, Kentucky. It was in Kentucky because I remember Bashar was the governor. and He's a Democrat. Uh, in Kentucky, there was a couple that literally would not sign one of the quarantine documents. And because they wouldn't sign it, they put them on house arrest. And I think they put those ankle bracelets on them. That's scary. So there's another instance where freedoms and liberties are being whittled away, taken away. And so that's concerning. And that's why we get concerned about the mask debate. Because, you know, when you hear these things, you think, my, this is very scary stuff that's happening in the United States. And I think we should be concerned from a liberty standpoint, from a freedom standpoint, you know, let me just say this. They've never quarantined healthy people before. Never. Uh, they've only quarantined the sick in the past. And the other thing is, is that why are healthy people having to wear masks? Well, first of all, we just said there's eight different studies in the last 10 years all came to the same conclusion that these masks don't really protect against a microscopic virus anyways. So I'm trying to understand what is the purpose of the mask? And then again, we go back to Fossey where he's saying it's really more symbolic. Was it symbolic of capitulation? Is it symbolic of uh, being submitted to the government? What is it symbolic of? That's what I want to know. What is it symbolic of? And I think it does hold a significant amount of symbolism. And I think it does show some control and submission to the government. You know, never before, like I said, have people had to be healthy and be quarantined. So I know people are going to disagree with me. And uh, all I would do is I'd encourage you to look at those medical studies for yourself and do some research and think about some of these things that I'm about to bring up. Because I think these things are groundbreaking. I think they're important for us to discuss. I think they'll shed some light on the subject. And uh, I think, you know, this audience is a very informed audience. Thank God. And if you're listening to the Remnant Radio Program, it's because you're part of the Remnant. means you're awake, you're, or at least you're seeking to be awake. You're seeking to be more informed. You want to know more information. You're, you're seeing that the mainstream media is telling lies. You're seeing that they're, they're reporting over and over again from a propaganda standpoint. You know, they're, they're feeding propaganda, lies, disinformation, misinformation. And you're probably tired of it, just like I am. And so what's happened is that's why shows like this are coming into being, because people need to speak out and people need to stand up. I mean, thank God that we have this type of technology in 2020 where there can be an opposing voice of an alternative media uh, where we can push back and say, wait a minute, let's look at the facts. I'll give you an example. I was on a West Hills, California community page today because I used to live in the San Fernando Valley and I'm on the West Hills page. And so I'm looking at the West Hills page and some woman posts a post and she says, you know, the ICU units are all filled. You know, they're all full. It's a crisis that she puts up some article from probably the Washington Post or LA Times, one of the communist newspapers. And, you know, it's, it's basically affirming what she's saying that, you know, it's a crisis in California. The ICUs are all flooded. Well, I'm a researcher, you know, I'm, a, I'm an investigative journalist, right? I'm somebody who wants facts. I'm, I'm hungry for facts. Are you hungry for facts? I'm hungry for facts. So I said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start calling people that I know that work in ICUs in Los Angeles. I've been in Los Angeles for 30 plus years. I know a lot of people that work in ICUs. So I started calling, texting, 
anybody I could get a hold of, people that I've known since high school. And I said, let me ask you a question. You work in the Valley. I know you work in the Valley. You know, what's the status in the ICU? They said, well, the ICU is fine. What do you mean? I said, well, people are reporting that the ICU is inundated, that it's full. And I will tell you, I talked to several people. All of them said the same thing. No, our ICU is not full. We have plenty of beds and we're not seeing a major surge like you're saying. So ladies and gentlemen, there's the disconnect. So here I get on this West Hill site and I start commenting to the lady. I said, what exactly? Because we looked in the article and the article would not give a specific. They would not say which ones. So I said, which ones? I want to know. You know, we're journalists. We'll send somebody out there who will look at the ICU as a reporter and they'll say, yes, this is full. This is a correct report. But this is what the mainstream media does. See, this is what they do. They just put out some unverified report. They just put out some information out there and they throw it against the wall and they're hoping that somebody who just doesn't do any research and doesn't think for themselves is going to say, oh my gosh, the ICUs in LA and California are full. So I'm still looking into that story, by the way. But I'll tell you this, I have talked to a lot of people today and everybody's told me the same thing. None of them that they work at and they have COVID units, by the way, they're not inundated. They're not, they're not seeing this big surge that the article's talking about. And the lady puts on the community page, ICUs are all full. They're all full. And people are like, oh my gosh, they're panicking. They're in fear. People don't know what to do. You should read some of the comments. You think that people would, would ask some questions, but no one's asking. Only a couple people, patriots that are on there. They're like, wait a minute. So I have to be that voice. And then people try to argue me. So anyway, I said, well, which exactly? What, tell me exactly which ICUs because we'll call them. And they could not give me an ICU. They could not give me an ICU that was full. Why is that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because they're not full. That's why. And listen, I will tell you if they start getting full or if I hear that they're full or if I talk to people in the ICU unit that I know that are like, yes, we're in a crisis. But right now, that's not what I'm getting. So that's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. So here's the thing. Okay? I got to catch my breath for a second here. <laughs> I get passionate. Yes, I do. That's why you're listening to the Remnant Radio Program. Thank you for tuning in. So what will the next step be? Will it be, it's just a test. In order to get back to normal life, will we be asked like these people in the apartment building or like these people in Australia? Will we be required, required to show our test results? I'll tell you, I actually had a similar type experience. I was working at a, at a place and I had one of the uh, executive team say, hey, we need you to get a test because you had the sniffles the other day. And I had to actually go and, 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 and present to them that I had been tested. So this is very likely. How many other people have gone through the same thing? Probably many. Now, I did not have the coronavirus. Thank you, Jesus. But th that's before this round of testing. So who knows? You know, now if I go, it seems like people that aren't even getting tested are getting positive. So you know, there's a lot of people that are, that are testing positive that say, hey, I, I walked away. I didn't stay in the line. And I got this letter that said I was tested positive. Or how about the person that I talked about yesterday that was on the motorcycle in Florida? They tested positive for, or they died of COVID-19, but really they died of a motorcycle accident, 20-year-old or something like that. Very sad, tragic story. So we're hearing this type of thing all around. I don't want to beat a dead horse on that. We've talked about that enough. Well, they say it's just a test. You got to just take a test. You work for one of these social justice warrior companies. You know, one of these companies that are like the social justice warrior companies. You work for them. And what's the deal? So what, what's the deal with them? So do you have to, I mean, 
you know, are they going to say, well, yeah, we won't, we have a job for you, but you got to go get tested just to make sure you're safe. Just do that. Just, just be a team player. Just be a team player. Part of the, you know, be a good corporate citizen. Trust me, ladies and gentlemen, I've seen a lot of this in the corporate world. If you're in the corporate world, you know what I'm talking about. Just go on to LinkedIn. Tell, tell somebody you're a conservative on, on LinkedIn. See how fast you'll get a job. You won't. These companies are social justice warrior communists. They have, they're literally extreme, extreme. That they, they care more about the social causes, causes than they do about making money these days. It's, it's unbelievable. I don't even know how they, they survive. I mean, you go to a company convention and they're talking more about social causes, anti-gun, Black Lives Matter, all these different things. They don't even talk about how to be a good customer service rep or they don't even train you anymore. It's more about the social justice things. And now with the coronavirus, my goodness, between all the stipulations and the different regulations and things that all the states and, the, and all these people are going crazy trying to, you know, just clean surfaces all day. They're not, what kind of customer service can you get with that? How much money can you get with that? That's why they're down 50, 60%. They put a, a, a huge weight on these companies, huge weight. And the companies are going along with it. It's just bizarre to me. It's bizarre. But it doesn't surprise me because I've been in the corporate world for a long time. It doesn't surprise me at all. So it's just, a, it's just a test. And then it's just a vaccine. Get the vaccine, my, my friend. You just get the vaccine. Many people are concerned about this. I'm not saying that, by the way. That's what they're going to be saying to us. You know, experts are going to be coming out, you know, and they're going to be saying, you got to get the vaccine. If you don't get the vaccine, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be at risk. And people are literally going to, like, you know, shame you if you haven't got the vaccine. They're going to shame you. That's where we're headed here. You don't see that, that headed, that's the direction we're headed right now. People can't argue these things with me because, you know, when I present it this way, it's hard to argue because they can see how that would be the case. We've already seen this happen. So even liberal people are, are going to sit back and say, well, yeah, you probably should take the vaccine. See, they're going to be the ones that say, take it. But, but don't you understand, Bill Gates has been a proponent, proponent of depopulation. He believes wholeheartedly that the earth is overpopulated. He's, re, he's recorded in several speeches. You know, giving a, you know, a speech blatantly saying we need to use the vaccines as part of the plan to achieve the global population reduction goals. That should scare the pants off any of you. So wait a minute. Basically, what he's saying is that the weak or those with compromised immune systems could die from a vaccine. That sounds to me like what happened with Governor Cuomo, who put infected seniors into retirement homes, and then they subsequently infected thousands of elderly people with coronavirus. That's why 40% of the total deaths in COVID-19 deaths and, and, the, and the overall death rate are attributed to those in the retirement homes. And no one's even talking about this. I talked about it yesterday. No one's talking about it. Why is anybody putting Como on, you know, a Senate panel or, you know, a Congress panel? I don't get it. And saying, hey, why did you put people, you know, seniors at risk? I mean, didn't you know that if you put an infected senior into a place with a bunch of people with a compromised immune system, you're going to have an issue? You're going to have a problem? It doesn't make any sense. And so, so then they tell you, you know, you got to take the vaccines. But what people forget is that there's a vaccine court. And, and, you know, the big pharmaceutical companies are protected and shielded from liability issues when it comes to vaccines by the vaccine court. So it's far less likely that vaccines are going to, you know, the, the companies, the people that are bringing out the vaccines are going to be held liable if somebody dies. They're just going to say, oh, they had COVID-19, just like everything else. They, had, they died of COVID-19. They already had it. They died. And meanwhile, the vaccine caused the death. How many people, ladies and gentlemen, and they're going to have no rights, these people, because of the vaccine courts, no rights. No one's going to sue the pharmaceutical companies. They're not going to be able to. It's going to be a quiet thing where the family, they won't get any media coverage. 
and you know you'll just you won't even know about it. You'll hear rumors and murmurs and hey, cousin Joe or you know this person, that person, you know they died because they took this vaccine. You know, Uncle Uncle Brian, he took the vaccine, and uh, and now look what happened. The same companies that lobby these um, congressional people, and they court doctors, by the way, since the beginning of medical school. It's a long-term relationship with these pharmaceutical giants. When somebody goes into medical school, and I can't get into all that today because we don't have time, but when somebody goes into medical school, it's like the day they get in there, they're started, you know, the, the medical pharmaceutical companies and giants, they have reps in there that start courting these people so that by the time they get out of med school, they have a relationship with these various companies and uh, there's so much money in, involved in, in the lobbying process. And so that's why the doctors, is, they, they all just prescribe chemical drugs and solutions to you because they're not even told about homeopathic solutions. You know, there used to be people that actually had doctor practices, but now because it's just like a corporate, you know, let's say if you work at Bloomingdale's and they tell you how to, you know, merchandise the men's floor, it's the same thing. The CDC and the FDA and the big pharmaceutical companies, they tell doctors coming out of med school, hey, this is what you need to prescribe for this. And that's what they're taught from a medical standpoint. They're not taught to have a practice. Now, thankfully, there's some patriots out there some old school doctors that do do some testing and do have a practice and say, hey, guess what? I tried hydroxychloroquine, which is an anti-malarial drug, but it's also used on lupus and it's been used and in use for 40 years here in the United States with very small side effect issues. And we're finding promising results of up to 80 to 90% of people with a complete heal rate from coronavirus. But guess what? The drug costs like nothing. And so that's not going to make the pharmaceutical companies billions of dollars. That's not going to make the vaccine producers billions of dollars. So, hey, guess what? We're going to say hydroxychloroquine is bad. Orange man, bad. And hydroxychloroquine, bad. And a bunch of sheep are going to believe it. A bunch of people that have their heads in the sand are going to believe what the mainstream media says. Meanwhile, there's millions of people out there in our, in our world right now that could be taking hydroxychloroquine with zinc and azithromycin uh, and, and, and some zinc, and they could be getting healed of the coronavirus if they do have the real symptoms, if they really are sick. So that vaccine court, that's, that's concerning. And then there's also, of course, the app on the smartphone that's designed to track people, this tracing thing. I was just you know watching Google or YouTube, excuse me, uh, it's owned by Google. I was watching YouTube with my little daughter and all of a sudden an ad comes on about tracing. You know, they're trying to like make this mainstream now that people are happy about tracing. It's going to stop the spread. You know, it's, it's draconian. It's communist. And it takes away people's liberties and freedoms and rights. And, and, and you know, they, they've set up these apps on the smartphones now. And guess what the apps have? Well, they have a QR code that's built in if you want to use it. And I believe that at some point we may need to. And that QR code is similar to me reminiscent as a pastor of what the Bible says about a mark. Now, I'm not saying it's the mark, but it's in preparation of the mark system. And what it's doing is it's preparing people. I'm going to have to hold up my phone now. We've already been programmed to scan our phone. We've already been programmed for this, and they're already pointing things at our forehead now. I mean, isn't that just weird? Those little thermometers, they're pointing at your forehead. So we're getting really close here because I'm starting to see how this all materializes now. How do they roll out a mark of the beast system? Well, we're seeing it, you know, the, the beta tests right now. They point things at your forehead. They make you have a QR code. Hey, did you take the vaccine? Let me check your QR code. Oh, you took the vaccine. Yeah, you, you can enter this store, no problem. 
oh, you can enter this workplace, no problem. I mean, now instead of presenting your resume, you'll probably present your vaccine uh, paperwork like you do as a baby. Just try to sign up for some medical insurance right now. You know, if you have a daughter or baby or son, you got to present all their vaccines. That's what they're interested in. You know, their wellness checks and their vaccine records. So that's what they want now. And that's what's going to be the case for adults now. They're going to say, let me see your vaccine records. Did you take the COVID vaccine? Oh, great. You took it. You can fly on this airplane. Oh, you took it. You can work at our job. You didn't take it. Sorry. We only allow people that have taken the vaccine. And what are people going to do? They're going to be alienated. There's going to be so many people that are alienated because they're not going to want to take the vaccine. But forget about that type of prejudice. They're not going to talk about that. They're not going to talk about that discrimination because it doesn't fit their agenda. That's scary stuff. Very scary stuff. So the app is scary. And uh, the vaccine itself, by the way, and this is uh, where I'm going to close on this because I think I've given you a lot of information today. The vaccine itself has nanoparticles in it. And these nanoparticles can actually scan and, and give back readings from inside your body. That should terrify us. And it's connected to the Internet of Things, which is the fourth industrial revolution which look into something called transhumanism. I've been talking about it for a long time, but it's this merging of humans with machines. And a lot of people believe in this, especially in the scientific community. They already have things called super soldiers, which they're using in military. Uh, Elon Musk has talked about, you know, connecting to the human brain. Uh, it's already, it's not conspiracy. These technologies are available. They're, they're already working and, and active and people are about to start rolling them out more and more and more. And so that's the deal. That's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. The nanotechnology is going to be shot into. And by the way, some people are saying, and I can't confirm this, but I can say that these are renowned, reputable sources that are saying that this uh, vaccine actually can alter the DNA of a human being. Change your DNA. And I don't really know. You have to look into that, Google it, start listening to some of these people that are talking about that. But I think that should at least be concerning. You know why it's concerning to me? Because it reminds me of the days of Noah. It reminds me of when the enemy tried to interbreed, uh, you know, with uh, angels. Remember that? And, and, and there was giants and that. The Bible talks about these things. So this isn't that bizarre, even though it sounds crazy. And the Bible says, in the last days, it will be like the days of Noah. So here now we're seeing some of this demonic technology that's being rolled out. And that's what this is, ladies and gentlemen. It's demonic technology being rolled out and mainstream so that people think it's okay. And by the way, take the vaccine or you will not be able to work or eat. And then they wonder why I'm concerned about a mask. So anyways, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to today's Remnant Godcast. We have a lot to talk about in the coming days and weeks. And we have a lot to be praying about as a country and as a church and as a body of Christ. But I appreciate you because you stuck through and listened to uh, some remnant stuff because you are the remnant body of Christ. And it's up to you and I to get the truth out because the Bible says the truth shall set the captive free. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. God bless you.